0: Welcome to Someone To Talk To, a podcast about faith and life with me, Josh, and my friend, Jason. All right, so as we get into this, I have to confess something
1: to you. Okay. I have a pretty big aversion to podcasts. Dude, you are all over this idea. How can you have an aversion to podcasts?
0: I was all over this idea because I was trying to match your enthusiasm, sort of like people who are bad at getting gifts and then you like give them a gift and they open it and they're not surprised or they're not, they have no emotion whatsoever. And so you find yourself going, did they even enjoy this? That's actually who I am as a gift, like getter. I get gifts and I love getting presents, but I'm terrible at showing emotion over it. So forever, my in-laws will ask Natalie, my wife, they'll go, um, did Josh like what he got? He doesn't say or show any emotion. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's great. So when you were like, we should do a podcast, I was like, we should. But like inside of my head, I was like, no, because and here's why I saw somebody tweet this once, but they said, not having a podcast is the new having a podcast. I just feel like it's a space where a lot of people have jumped into and they don't. And, and, and I think there's a lot of really great podcasts out there. Uh, personally, I don't listen to any. Um, and that's more of a me thing like I've tried getting I tried getting into John Eldridge's I've tried getting into Bob Goff's. I just don't like listening to podcasts so I think that's created like this natural aversion to wanting to do one and it's just been living quietly inside and I haven't ever shared that with you out loud
1: which is why you've been dragging your feet that's fair that's exactly that makes sense right. yeah well I don't think that we should go at it from the perspective of, Hey, I want to have a podcast because everybody should listen to me. Right. Um, I think we should should look at it from the perspective of, uh, I was having a conversation with somebody and we were talking, a random conversation and I made mention of something um, like throughout a piece of advice or I was like, well, this is the way I see that. And here's my perspective and she said dude when do we get the podcast and i was like what and she was like you always, you have great stuff like there's always all of these things and like you're a thinker and you read a lot and have this knowledge and she's a gal from my life group so she sometimes gets the benefit of receiving that knowledge but in group um and I kind of at first thought that she was joking about the podcast and then came home and thought about it and kind of sat on it for a little bit. And I was like, I think that could totally be a thing. And not because I have this like massive amount of information that I necessarily share with the world, but I got to thinking about you and I and these conversations that we have and these conversations that I have with like my buddy Aaron. And it's like, there's so much really good content Mm -hmm. based within those conversations, but those conversations are limited to the couple of people that get them that get to hear them. Right. I don't think, I don't think we should look at this as uh, we're going to have a podcast and we're going to change the world. I think this is an opportunity for us to let a few other people in on these really good conversations that we get to have privately and maybe that'll do somebody some good, right? I also,
0: yeah, I also think you do also don't have like a massive ego that you're looking to fill. And I think that's another thing. I think people who have a podcast think that they have, you know, like something to say and think and maybe even have an ego to itch. And um, I think you've just come at it from like just having close fellowship with these guys in my life and these conversations that we've been having for years now has added a lot of value and has helped you in your walk with God and, and your understanding of Jesus and has helped you in your relationships. I mean, cause I know it's helped me. And I think that that's the other perspective you're taking is like, why aren't we just recording these and putting these out in the world? And then, you know, maybe somebody will come across them. Um, so I think that your heart is in the right spot. So don't get me wrong on any of that. I just, um, I just, you know, it's I, and part of it might just be my, my, like I always say I don't have much of an ego but I'm super vain like um and maybe it's just like my my complete lack of ego that makes me not like interested in you know like I'll blog but I blog through my business right
1: and that's I think that's different um Is it is it anti-ego? Is it really like I have a really big ego and I want people to stroke it? But I don't want to ask people to stroke it, so I'm gonna <laughs> play the meek card. It sounds like narcissism. <laughs> oh, it's totally narcissistic. Maybe that's it. It's a thing, though, oh. right? Because then, if you play that, I'm really not interested. Card, but inside you're like, oh, somebody please watch me.
0: Well, I have been going like, what if this thing takes? Yeah, like, what if it goes? Then. What if it goes viral? And here's the other thing for me: like our conversations, Jason, can be so candid and unscripted and um, and real it's a little bit like being a stand up comedian like if i came out and said to my family and to my wife and my kids like i'm 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 giving stand up a shot they automatically know they're in the crosshairs right like I they know that they're going to be ran just by her first <laughs> that's my point like we talk about stuff and it's not, I'm going to do my best to not be filtered knowing that this is recorded, but I can't make any promises. And maybe over time, it'll be something and, and maybe the best thing to do is just to be invite her on and go, you have to be on this as a way to, you know, as a way for this to be okay. And it doesn't mean I'm going to share the deep dark. I don't necessarily share 100% of everything with you. I still think there's a place for Jesus in that sharing, right? (laughs) But I just, I'm like, you know, we talk about our parents and our in-laws. We talk about our siblings and we talk about our kids. And none of it is ever meant to be disparaging, but it's meant to be like, hey, I'm struggling in this way. And I'm struggling with this person in this way as a fellow Christ follower, help me with this. And I know that at times I can get, um, (laughs) what's the right word heavy handed, especially when it comes to like my views of the church and the church that you and I used to both attend. Um, And I definitely think that will be something where I will always keep that one close to the chest, but like, I'm beefing on that church still, like after the weekend, I'm beefing hard. And I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it with you, but I also don't want it to be something where if somebody stumbled across this, it comes across like gossip or it's more me going as a Christian, I find the behavior frustrating and I don't understand it. Right. Like as a Christ follower, does that make sense? I just, well, I just I, covered like 15 topics right there.
1: Absolutely. Um, here's the thing though. And I, I literally was up like half the night staring at my ceiling, just running scenarios through my head. Um, what are we going to talk about? How are we going to talk about it? How is this going
0: go to go my notes for today. It's a us? blank
1: page. <laughs> like That's not I don't, <laughs> Well, if I took notes, I would have a bunch, but I'm not that prepared either. Um, and you're right, right? We've had some, some deep, candid conversations um, over the years and touched on some topics that I'm sure there are people in the world that wish they had somebody taught to talk to about, mm-hmm. about the things that you and I have had conversations about. Um, I don't think our goal for this should be, Hey, let's get a million hits or a million followers or a million, whatever. Right. I have no aspirations that this goes viral, but what if somebody comes across this or listens to it or um? and has the opportunity or gets to hear one of those conversations where we go a little bit deep and they're having the same questions or they're having the same perspectives or they're having the same problems or they're dealing with those same issues. And then we have an opportunity, right. To help people we may or may not even know, just because we have the courage to have these conversations. Now, Granted there's probably some stuff that we've talked about that, we don't want to blast all over the world for everybody and everyone to know about. So I think to some degree, we're going to have to figure out how to talk about those things um, I and have be a... candid and guarded at the same time, because right. I, I don't want to put my wife on blast. Um, you don't want to put your wife on blast. We have had conversations about our families and our in-laws and our kids and right. The things that we struggle with. And I think that we still need to have those conversations, but we need to have them in a way that's, uplifting and respectful and can still resolve those issues, help right. resolve those issues because there are a bazillion other people out there that struggle with the exact same things that we struggle with Right. and need somebody to say how this is to say to them, this is how I would handle that in my walk with Jesus. And this is how you, right. here's an opportunity for you to do that as well.
0: I think it's important to keep in mind especially if anybody happens to be listening to this that one neither of us ever assume we have the answer we always have an answer but we know it might not be the answer we don't come at each other and we have not come at each other ever over the years with like this position of like biblical authority right like here's what i read and here's what i understand it to be or here's what jesus has shown me Um, And so I think that's important to keep in mind. And then the other thing is, is like, while I have beefed with the church we used to attend, and we've even flamed on people in our conversations, it's really never meant to be disparaging, it really does always boil down to we, you and I share this belief that we are first and foremost called to love one another And our conversations are often about how do we love the really difficult people that we are around. And in some cases, it's not even them. It's, you know, it's how do I love the people in my life when I'm being difficult? How do I love the people in my life when, you know, it's just, it's just the simple equation of we live together or we spend time together. Um, I think that, Or we have different views and beliefs on life and, or we thought we had shared views, right? We thought we were both Christ followers, but I can't understand this person's behavior or I can't understand my behavior. So we never think that we have all the answers and we never are really coming at this. To be disparaging, I, I think, you know, if you understood the heart that each of us bring to this, it's really we're just really trying to maintain that curiosity about our walk with Christ and how do we operate in this world because dude I'll tell you my friends my family they don't make it easy all the time right and no one's does right no one's family is perfect in making life easy for them so i'm i'm sure there's a lot of people who are trying to figure out trying to figure out the same things that we're trying to figure out the other thing was we we don't always have answers, and we often leave sometimes more frustrated than we walked into the conversation.
1: Right, that's absolutely true. Um, and I think that's something, like like you said, I think that's something we need to establish from the beginning is we don't have the answers, right? Sometimes we're just the guy that's willing to ask the question. <laughs> yeah. Right, and you've got, uh, you've got your life experience and your biblical knowledge and I've got my life experience and my biblical knowledge and I'm willing to share the way I see things and the way I do things and the way I would handle certain situations. Um, but I think it's important to recognize that as much as I'm willing to put it out there and say, Hey, this is how I would handle that situation. I'm also willing to say, um, Hey, I failed at this or Hey, I suck at this or Hey, I'm not very good at this or Hey, I need help with this. Right. Um, I I had a particular experience this week that I'm just like, dude, I don't like, that's a, a huge, I dropped the ball moment for me as a Christ follower. And I have absolutely no problem being like, dude, I dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that we are trying to say, this is the be all end all. And we have all the answers. I think we're trying to say we have no answers zero um but we're willing to have the conversation that's and i think it would be i think it would be awesome right if you need to backing up a little bit i think it would be awesome if you need to get um natalie on here to be like this is what we're doing and this is what it's about and right this is our perspective um i would love to be able to get crystal on here from time to time and get her perspective and um Kind of shed some different light on things. Mm-hmm. It would be really cool if if this thing takes off a little bit, or once we get going a little bit, we have the opportunity to bring like guests on and be like, "What are you dealing with? What are you struggling with? How right. can right and, that, and conquer those things together?" I think well, when, when they're going to come on
0: this and tell and tell us what they're. sure sh- I want them to come on and tell me how to deal with what
1: I'm struggling with, <laughs> or that too. I I'm sure. Uh, right i'm sure the last thing bit... i
0: want is to try to
1: <laughs> you're gonna be our guest therapist for the day thank you for joining us yeah i'm just looking to get some free therapy <laughs> right and that's and that's a possibility too i'm sure that'll go both ways um my buddy casey is a uh, marine and since he got out several years ago one of the things that he has wanted to do is figure out how to give back to the veteran community mm-hmm. now that he's a active follower of Christ. Um, And he was on, he got the opportunity to be on a local podcast here a couple of few weeks ago and kind of share some of his heart on that. And it was really cool as a having a guest and sharing his perspective. Again, for us, I think that's the thing is we're just two guys trying to do our best to walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of people in the world that are in that exact same position and need the help and the, Guidance, I guess, to be like, this is how we do it and join us in that. Right. Join us in that walk. Follow us in that walk. Come along with us, not while we show you how to do it, but while we do it with you. Yeah. Okay. So, on that note, so like, I mean,
0: part of this is going to be revisiting conversations from the past because, you know, you and I have been friends for a number of years now and we've been consistently having coffee. Geez, is it? Five years, four years? Got to have been four or five years. I mean, weekly, every other week. I mean, consistently. And so there's a lot of ground to try to figure out how to cover. The good news is you and I are both still human. So we still continue to make mistakes and stumble along the way. But I think something that we one of the other things that we bring to these conversations is like what we're reading, like what resources we're digging into and and who we're who we're downloading, because we don't go at this alone. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, we try to keep the Bible at the center, but sometimes we need help translating the Bible (laughs) and interpreting the Bible. I think you and I have both talked about a lot um, how, you know, there's that understanding in the Christian community in the religious community. I should say the, the Christian religious community, that the Bible is easy for anyone to understand. And you and I have found that that's not as true as they make it out to be that Yes, anyone can pick it up and read it. But if you start at the beginning, you're going to find yourself in a heap of trouble before too long. I mean, Genesis gets bonkers in a hurry. I mean, if you can get past the seven days in creation, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens. And I think um, you and I try to approach the Bible like it is great and it is is for everyone. But you and I have both needed other people to help us get perspective on it to spark the conversation, to spark thinking so that we know what we're, you know, we have a, we have an idea and an understanding of what it's trying to tell us. Right. So I think a lot of this is going to be too, like, here's what I read and here's who I've downloaded or here's who I'm, whose perspective, like we talk about a lot about Andy Stanley and Bob Goff and um, Eldridge. And you just said you were reading CS Lewis, which is not for everyone. Um, he's, he's tricky. Dude, I read that in a day.
1: Did you? Like, Like, I couldn't <laughs> I put it my, down. I brought my copy with me today. It's so funny because that's one of those books that, like, everybody reads. And they're, like, it's so good. It's so good. And I started reading it once and I was so intimidated. Um, and this was years ago. And I'm getting off track. Um, But we do that get too. Off track. That's normal for us. Right? Um, And I started reading it. I started reading it years ago and got through the first couple of few pages and was just intimidated. I was like, I'm not ready for this. So right. every time I thought about reading it, I was like, no, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. And then um, I actually finished the last of my books that I had available on my audible the mm-hmm. other day before my new credit came out. And I was, at, and I had that one just like sitting in my library and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and start this. And I literally like, couldn't walk away from it. It was so good. And I was like, why did I wait so many years to listen to this? Um, Once once you get past his weird language.
0: Right. um, I, he, he's got some, I mean, you have to think he, a lot of this came from radio conversations he was having during world war two. And so he was asked to come on and provide like a, a steady voice During a, I mean, you have to remember, like during this time, London's being bombed nightly, like South England or whatever it is, whatever part of the country is close to France was being bombed. And so he's been asked to come on and do a radio program talking about faith as a way to provide comfort. So that's an awful long time ago. And not only did Americans speak differently back then, but I mean, I I don't even I have a basic understanding of, you know, uk english and their slang but you have to think he and so i i found his language to be a massive hurdle and i felt like once i got like two three chapters in like i settled in and i go okay i kind of get it's almost like if yoda wrote a book about the bible and then you had to try to read it you'd it'd take you a minute and then you go yeah. oh, okay he's he's putting the end of the sentence first
1: right that's a funny way to look at it but that's probably totally true
0: One of the things that I, I, and you texted me, you were reading this and I responded and said, his logic is so good. And this, I think he was one of the early books I read. So it's probably time to go back and reread it. Uh, But one of the things he says, or he makes this argument about Christianity by starting with something that I think most people, whether you're a Christian or not, or a Christ follower or not, uh, believe is that humans inherently know the difference between right and wrong. Or humans in, in, inherently know uh, that there is good and bad, and if you know that inherently, or if you know that there is a difference, that that knowledge has to come from somewhere. If it's if it's inherent. Now you, if you're a hard atheist and you're like, nope, we that that's not inherent. That's taught. That's learned behavior. Then I can't help <coughs> you, and neither can C.S. Lewis. But me. you. He, he makes that argument that if you believe that that knowledge is inherent, that you're born with it, knowing the difference between good and bad, right and wrong, that came from somewhere. More importantly, that came from something. And there's no greater argument for a higher power or God than that. And I, I found that to be so moving because it's very accurate. I think there's a lot of people, atheists and people who don't have a faith who believe certain things about humans, what sets us apart from other animals. And um, whether you call it a spirit or whatever, well, that came from somewhere. And it had to have, like how, how I mean, does a gorilla know the difference between what right and wrong? Do animals know the difference? And, you have to
1: get past the language barrier.
0: Yeah. So I, that was my big takeaway from his book. He is just, he has this common sense way of looking at Christianity. Uh, That just, it's like, why else would you,
1: why, why wouldn't you believe it is, is his take. And I love that. Yeah. Um, No, I totally agree. That was kind of the thing that I got out of that as well was just the simplistic, the simplicity of it. And I think we try so hard to make it complicated. Right. Um, Right. We try to make faith complicated, Christianity in particular complicated, um, atheism then becomes complicated i think at one point right he talks about the amount of faith that is required to be an atheist Mm -hmm. um we make it so complicated and really at its core it's incredibly simplistic Mm -hmm. but we right but we look at that and we go okay it can't be this easy it can't be this not that it's easy right simple not easy it can't be this simple right um there's got to be more to it than this it's got to be more involved it's got to be and it's not and that was kind of the thing that I took away from that as well. It's just it's so simple. Yeah. So basic. Let's take it back to the moral good. Right. And then everything kind of blooms yeah. out of that. I think that
0: as like a Christ follower, one of the things that challenges me the most every day is have I, what am I doing in my life to bring other people along this journey? Like, is my light, shining bright enough for God right does that make sense like and I and I feel convicted about that on a regular basis and and we can get into this in another at another time but I I know that there are things that I do that that do that but I know that there's always room for improvement and when you when you talk to a lot of Christ followers I think the the common theme is it's tricky to share your faith. Like there are those people who, who are on fire for God and they just have this authentic way of being and they share their faith and it doesn't come across weird or hokey. And, and I'm just not built like that kind of person. Like So when, you, when it comes to sharing your faith, cause I've, I mean, as a, I mean, I own my own business and, and I sit across the table in meetings, you know, outside of COVID. Um, with all kinds of people from I've sat across the table from atheists and lesbians and, and people, you know, I I had a meeting just a few weeks ago with a, a trans person like, and I just I've always taken that position It's you know, it's not my room to judge, you know, uh, that's one of my favorite scenes from the chosen when he says, I'll make you fishers of men. You, you go out and catch as many as you can and I'll sort them out later. Uh, and that's not me passing judgment on those people. That's me saying, Jesus told us, don't worry about it. And he was very clear on that. Don't worry about it. Be nice to everybody. Love everybody. I'll sort it out later. So I'll let him worry about that. And I, but when, you get, when it gets to sharing your faith, I think some, a lot of Christians, to land this plane finally, uh, feel it's tricky. Like, if somebody came to you, Jason, and said, why do you believe in God? Like, what's your answer? And I think C.S. Lewis gives us a really good framework for that. And, and then also, I think Andy Stanley does, too. When Andy Stanley says, look, don't even mention the Old Testament. Just go, I believe that Jesus was sent here he lived he was crucified and then i believe he rose from the dead and i think that that's a powerful story and i'm happy to follow a guy who's conquered death right and it's it's not and that's where CS. it's like just don't complicate it right you 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 could get into all the proof right like what's the book uh the case for christ you could get all the case for christ and get like super super intense intense on people or you could just keep it simple and go you know, here are the things that I've seen in my life, and here's what I, be- I believe. We all know the difference between right and wrong, and I believe that that came from somewhere, and I think it came from God. Oh, and there was this guy Jesus who rose from the dead. I think that's right. pretty cool too. Um,
1: C.S. Lewis had a whole chapter chapter um, yeah. on pride, yeah, and that really hit that really hit home for me because that's always been um, that's always been my detractor. Mm. Um, the problem that I've always had, the fear that I've always had with sharing my faith isn't necessarily the complication of it because I've listened to a lot of things like that. I've listened to a lot of Stanley Stanley's, Andy Stanley's one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I have a lot of that knowledge and I understand how to break it down really simple. I'm afraid people will think I'm stupid. <laughs> right. I'm afraid people will look at me. I'm afraid people will look at me and my life experience, and they'll go, "BS number mm-hmm. one, um, you're full of beans," and I can't believe that you actually believe that this is true. Um, so, my hesitation has always been based on what what, what would people think of me, dude? Right? Know. And and my overwhelming need for people to think highly of me <laughs> has kept me from sharing as openly and as honestly as i could and
0: or should well you and i have talked so much about that over the years like i was just thinking about this too like i was such a dumpster fire in my 20s that if you so if you didn't stay in touch if we didn't stay in touch if you're somebody from my past and we didn't stay in touch and, and we fell out of touch at like maybe 24 25 when i was 25 And then all of a sudden you found me on Facebook and you added me, you would think I was the world's biggest liar. You would think there's no way what that dude is full of it. Right? Like there's no way because that person that I left behind and I didn't really even leave him behind. Natalie and I talk about this all the time. It took me even after getting married years to leave behind that behavior. And I think that's that transformation that Jesus calls you to. And that's another thing, but like, but if you, if we lost touch at 25, that dumpster fire in your mind is still burning, you know, now that I'm pushing 40. And if, if you can if you found me on Facebook, like you would, and I think that that's something that you and I both have in common is that like, we have this past that's so riddled with like mistakes and, and the, the people that I know that I have mistreated and betrayed it's yeah. And it's like, and, and that comes back to like what you were saying, it's like, who am I to even think that I have the right to do this? And so it's no surprise to me that we have spent the first half hour of our very first podcast talking about and acknowledging that we know we have no right doing this, that we just have found value in this fellowship and in this friendship and this relationship and we think that there's hopefully there's value for somebody else to glean from it and and also fully you know tipping our hat to the fact that you know i know for me for sure i mean i was like a pile of trash human like so so bad Great. um which is fine right you know i've been forgiven and you wouldn't um, you wouldn't be who you are without it Right. And my kids ask that a lot. Like, dad, if you had to go back and do it all over, because I, you know, you know this, I went to Western Washington University, got into um, a significant amount of um, bad behavior there, party and drugs, all that stuff. And um, my kids ask me all the time, like, would you, would you go back and do it again? Or we try to be really honest with our kids, especially when we're having those hard conversations about drugs and underage drinking and stuff and, you know, own that and just say, you know, like I did it. And I tell them, I say exactly what you just said. Like, look, if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be where I was today. Uh, And it worked out pretty well for me. Like I, I, I have, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of damage left in the wake of that. Um, And I acknowledge that, but I wouldn't be where I am today without those experiences. My caution for them, or my, my word of caution for them is it worked out like that for me. It doesn't always mean it's going to work like work out like that for everybody else. Um, But the other thing is I look back and I tell them my single, it's like, I regret's a hard word for me. I really struggle with that word, but I look back and I go like, I lived in Bellingham, Washington, which is one of the most beautiful cities, not only in this state, but in the country, it is on the ocean. It's, it's hilly, it's green, you know, it's, it is difficult in the winter. It's rainy, you know, six months out of the year and windy, but it's like a, it's an outdoor person's heaven on earth there's so much to do from skiing and snowboarding to mountain bike and i did like zero of that i have been skiing since i could walk i have been snowboarding since i was 13 and while i was there for four and a half years i think i went to mount baker twice so i tell my kids like my decisions led me to ignore a huge part of who i am in place of somebody else that i'm not right and I look back on that, like I didn't go on any hikes. I didn't do hardly anything fun outdoorsy. I just, that's, I look back and go, that was what it was. That's what I robbed from myself was those experiences. Um, but I needed to go through that to get to where I am today. So I do try to have that conversation with them. And that's the conversation you and I have a lot is, yeah, we did these things that weren't awesome and we did mean things to me, to, to good people, but you know, that was part of our process and it sucks. And we tried to, I mean, I've, my kids have seen me apologize to what might be like a random stranger to them. But as somebody that I knew in high school that I was a total jerk to, and I go to, I went to this gal at the ski hill once and was like, and we saw each other. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. And then I went up, I brought my oldest, he was like eight at the time. And I sat down and I said, I was really awful to you in high school. And I just want to apologize for that. And his eyes were like, Why are you doing that? Dad, this is so embarrassing. But I've tried to do that. Uh, It doesn't always go well. I did that once at my 10 year reunion. I apologized to this gal and she looked at me and she says, I don't even remember who you are. Okay. (laughs) That's fair. Wow. Yeah.
1: But not about her.
0: Right. Well, I felt like it was, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to put my ego into it, but I don't, I felt like that was a little bit of like, that's how she struggled with, like that's how she's managed that pain. Sure. And sure. I don't think it was about me. I think she was mistreated by a lot of people. And I think that's just how she's managed that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, that's the process. The thing is, like, there's so many people from college like that I won't ever see again. So if you've stumbled across this and you knew me circa 2000, 2004, I apologize sincerely from the bottom of my heart.
1: <laughs> and get a hold of him and he'll actually apologize face to face. Yes, I will. Um, no, I totally agree with that. Um, that whole perspective, right? I was 38 before I decided to get my stuff together. Right. And The first 38 years of my life, dumpster fire is a really good way <laughs> to describe that. Um, right. Um, and there were, there were good times and there were good things and there were some positivity that came out of the first 38 years of my life. But literally, if I take the last eight years and the first 38 and I put those two side mm-hmm. by side, one of them is literally a raging inferno of crap. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other one is probably going to turn out to be really well, to be really good for somebody other than me. Um, And that was my biggest thing with my first 38 years that I was so self absorbed and so Mm -hmm. self contained that I had no reality of any other perspective than the Jason show. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Unfortunately it took me 38 years, but the, the, catch 22 in that question is always, right? Is there stuff you regret? Is there stuff that you would do over again? If you could go back and do it, what would you do differently? I could make you a list, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I have the, the knowledge to be able to go. If I hadn't experienced each and every one of those things, I would not be who I am today. And I would not be sitting here with the perspective that I have On those things and have the ability then hopefully Mm -hmm. to give back out of that perspective
0: there's there's two big takeaways for me on that and the first one is is that like and this is something that you'll hear pastors talk about a lot but it's like once you once you accept jesus as your savior Right. That idea that all this stuff happens, this transformation, you know, they, they do a baptism, right, because they're, you're born again. Right. That's the saying. And I don't think if you're if you're not familiar with Christianity at all or being a Christ follower. And, and if you're not, then you should know that Jason and I say Christ follower because Christianity is a religion that sometimes gets in the way of following Christ. So we like the term or I prefer the term Christ follower, because what we're really trying to do is follow the life of Jesus and try to do our best to to replicate what he was able to do um, and, and how he was able to live and love people. And we get it wrong constantly. But my takeaway is one is, is, as I said, pastors talk about this, but when you accept Jesus, like you, you start a process of changing. And for some people, the, the, the change can be huge at overnight. And for some people, it can be gradual. But the point is that like your, your perspective and your reality and how you view reality changes and gets better. And then the other thing is, is that it, you, you can be at any age and in any walk and, and have done anything and Jesus still has room for you and still loves you and, and accepts you and those are hard i mean how many stories have we heard of people who who won't go to church because they don't feel like they feel like they've done too much wrong in their life and i know the pastor that you know we both shared for a long time talked about this a lot and i want people to really hear it that it cr- being a christ follower is not about judging that past like we don't judge that past we acknowledge our pasts and and make uh make room for it and, and own it right like I think that's a big thing is we acknowledge the bad stuff and the, and the hurt we cause but we go that's not who we are anymore and we're in a different place uh but we own it still and it's a part of who we are um I, I really I mean most of the conversations that we have are about improving who we are as men and as husbands and as fathers and that's mainly comes from that relationship with with Jesus, who who wants you to make improvements. And we've talked about this a lot. I'm sure we'll talk about it, you know, more than once. But the idea that like <laughs> Jesus waves this magic, like you go, hey, I I agree, you're my savior, and then this magic wand's gonna get waved, and and all of your problems are gonna go away, and your life's gonna be better, and your your car's never gonna break down, and you're always gonna have a fat bank account, and all your debts gonna magically like those things aren't true, and it's unfair. Uh, it's unintentionally sold as truth through Christianity at times. And there are active people who peddle that as truth, right? There are people out there in certain gospels and certain mission, you know, they have certain styles that peddle that and present that. But you and I are like, look, dude, your car's still going to break down. Life's still going to get tough. You're still going to fight with your wife. You're still going to, you know, struggle as a parent, but Jesus being there with you, you following him provides you with, comfort and hope and help right that you're not alone that you have guidance that you, you're you forgiven and it provides you a wonderful model for getting yourself out of those pickles that you'll get yourself into but it also provides you with comfort when things go wrong right that like yeah things are going wrong here now in this but you're like there's still so much hope, and and it's difficult. And we'll talk about this a lot, but it gets really tricky when you know people are dying around you, or when there's a pandemic, or when your business fails, or 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 right? Boy, I wandered a lot on that one. So you know, there's your takeaway. Take that, run with it.
1: That's I'll, funny. I'll
0: I think pass think the ball back to you. You
1: got one of your two
0: takeaways out. Uh, um, oh no, favorite. I did both. Is that there?
1: You know, I got them both. I think. I think. Gotcha. I, I think I got them. <laughs> my favorite line for people that can't go to churches right if i walk through the i'll burst into flames if i Mm -hmm. walk through the doors you won't i promise i promise and i know you won't because i didn't
0: well but like here's the other thing how many how many pastors do you know are up to no good right like they're not bursting into flames and they're leading the thing right and that's not to to say that all pastors are like that and that's not to say that they're all bad people or any of that but it's like they're human too and we forget that
1: right oh absolutely right um That's like, like I said, I was 38 before I started to get my stuff together. Mm -hmm. Um, And that hasn't been, it hasn't been easy, right? It hasn't been like, oh, I'm going to decide to follow Jesus. And now all of my problems are solved and everything's Mm -hmm. taken care of. And I have no more worries, right? The truth of the matter is I decided that I was going to look my stuff in the eye Mm -hmm. and deal with it as opposed to just continue to write traips along in my pitiful existence. <laughs> um but there's still recourse from all of those things. Right. There are oh, still yeah. there there are still broken relationships. Mm-hmm. There's still still damage. There's still right dumpster fire. You don't have a dumpster fire without having some collateral damage. Oh yeah. Right. And that collateral damage isn't something that just goes away because now I'm because now I'm following Jesus. Because now I'm a Christian right? All of my problems are solved. That's not the case, Mm -mm. right? I will, I did damage to people's lives Mm -hmm. that will last them their entire life. Oh my gosh.
0: Oh my gosh. The number, like the amount of trauma I've caused, I'm sure there are people in therapy over it. And that's not my ego. That's just how terrible I was. Right. Absolutely. The
1: collateral damage that I caused by my dumpster fire life is something that those people and I will have to deal with deal with for the rest of our lives. And that becomes a part of my walk with Jesus is how do I deal with those relationships? How do I deal with those things? How do I deal with those? Right. And my transformation has been, um, right. We used to call it meteoric. Uh, I remember when I first started getting involved, um, with the church and getting involved in leadership in the church. And it was like, this has all happened so fast. And you call it like, you're on a fast track Mm -hmm. or right. And they would, have terms for just that kind of meteoric rise um just had, being on fire and having that hunger um and not that, that was a bad thing in any way shape or form <clears throat> and until so i just lost my train of thought your um, meteoric rise to christ following my story thank you my story has <laughs> been pretty pretty fast and furious um and as a result of that fast and furiousness, sometimes I feel like right, it's maybe it's kind of hard to believe, mm-hmm. especially like you were saying, like those people from high school, I I post a lot of things about my faith and my thoughts and stuff on my mm-hmm. Facebook page, and I probably lose a friend or two every couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. it's usually after I post some maybe semi-controversial, difficult um, too difficult to swallow truth about jesus and what it looks like to follow him and i'm 90 percent certain when i go back and like check likes from previous posts to see who's still hanging around those ones that are gone i think are mainly those people that i knew from high school that knew me in my previous life that now look at where i'm at today and where i was at at the time and can't reconcile right the difference between then and now and one of them's got to be phony and i would pick this one as well especially if that's what you know um the funny thing about that is i have a hard time reconciling who i was then with who i am now right i look at that story and i go holy crap this is really hard to believe but i wake up every day and get up every morning and i'm the one that's living this life and i'm in this I'm in this body and I'm experiencing this and it's even difficult for me sometimes to believe. So I have to look at that and be like, okay, what do I do with this, right? How do I take what I have and what I've learned and what I'm learning and this, just, this perspective on who I've become and how do I give that to other people knowing that sometimes their response is going to be unlike, unfriend, unfollow um, and I'm not gonna go to church with you because I might burst into flame
0: uh i um as it's the holy spirit plays this game with me i don't know if he does this with you where he will every once in a while like trudge up a memory from that era that i've completely forgotten about and it's like do you remember when you did that and i'm like oh my gosh why are you bringing it's like and i think part of that too is Reconciling your past involves forgiving your, yourself, and I think those people who say like I can't walk through the doors because I'll burst into flames really struggle with forgiving themselves. Um, there is that guilt that goes along with you know how could a good person do these things? And Eldridge, I'm just I'm reading right now, um, "Waking the Dead" for I think the second time. I think I've read it before, but "Waking the" he talks a lot about um, you know people. There's this there's this myth in real, in religion. That your heart is not good and that's why you need jesus and he he argues the contrary that your heart is actually good and that's not what causes the problems in your life your heart is good and jesus came here to rescue your heart and you you, you may it doesn't mean you don't make bad decisions doesn't mean you know your bad things don't happen but that's not a heart issue that's like a flesh issue that's a that's a different part but your heart is good. And, and that's, a, I mean, how many people are going to struggle with that truth that they actually have a good heart? The bad things happen from, because of other things, because sin is in this world and all that other stuff, spiritual warfare, that whole thing. But like your heart is good. And, the, and, and I think that another takeaway is that you and I work, work daily to forgive ourselves from the things that have happened in the past and the things that we've done and the things we continue to do um, we we continue to ask for forgiveness or or apologize to those that we've hurt, and and that that's a journey that that's an ongoing journey. And I think you know there are tools, and and we can talk about this as we we go into this more. But the biggest tool that you and I have found is our fellowship. Is is the it's not it's not account, that word accountability gets thrown around a lot. Like have a friend who can hold you accountable, and it's not that. It's that. When you have an honest relationship with somebody, an honest friendship, you can come to them with your gross and go, here it is. And then that person can, it's not, you don't ever judge me for my gross and I don't ever judge you for your gross. doesn't mean I don't go, dude, that's gross. Like, why'd you do that? But it means, you know, that I'm still going to love you. And I think people struggle with that as a, as a analogy to God, people struggle with Jesus in that way. Is he really gonna forgive my gross and my dumpster fire and all the, and yeah, he is. He loves you and has been rooting for you from day one, to quote and to paraphrase Bob Goff. And and he doesn't shake his head when you make a mistake, he cheers you on and and wants you to, to learn from it. And that's the reality that we we come at this from. And that's, that's why I think that's the big motivator for this podcast is like, we don't have the answers, but we have learned some things that have been really helpful for us. And we just wanna share that and along the way, share our growths with each other and share it with, with anyone who stumbles across this podcast. So there you
1: go. Um, it is 7.30 and I have to go to work. Um, yeah. So real quick before before we call it, um, because I laid in bed all night and thought about how this was gonna go and what it was gonna look like, um, I want to ask at least one of the questions that I thought about while I was laying there. Um, it is said that you are the five people that you hang out with or spend the most time with.
0: Mm-hmm. All
1: right, who are you?
0: Are you, are you actually asking me that?
1: I'm asking you that.
0: Well, right now I, there's six members in my family. I hang out with them the most. <laughs>
1: right so i guess you become more than six people
0: uh if i had so to look, for you
1: at six people
0: if i had to look at the friends in my life like the the close male friends that i have you're one of them you know i have a buddy don a buddy uh francisco and a buddy greg and it's a i mean i i i mean honestly it's a lot like having you know when jesus was picking the apostles and and looking at who he was going to bring some of them were were you know faithful good men and some of them were very much not and i think that that's if you could look at my my the group of friends it's a lot like putting together apostles none of them are bad people but they come from all walks of life and they all bring something different to the table i bring something different to them um But I would say if there is a common theme among the close men in my life, it's that they all want to get better. And they all want, like, recognize their flaws, or at least are on the path to recognizing their flaws and recognize that they want to get better. And so I think that that speaks well to who I am and I'm not bragging. I just, I want to be better. There's so many things I struggle with and I, and I can't do it on my own. I need Jesus. I need the Holy spirit. And, but I'm on that path of like, I want to get better. Like that's where I'm at. What about you?
1: Um, that's funny. I, right. I like I said, I laid in bed and thought about this all night. And now I can't remember my answer. <laughs> um, Maybe we should do this cliffhanger style and we'll do me the next time.
0: Yeah, let's do it.